So things at Twitter haven't been going so great. Well,、mm. I mean, not that they ever were, but especially since Elon Musk bought it for way too much money last year and immediately set about. Totally shattering to pieces his public image as some kind of supposed genius. Hey, watch this. <laughs> okay. And the reasons that Twitter isn't doing so great are not hard to figure out.、Mm-mm. For starters,、uh, he unbanned a ton of accounts that were previously suspended for hate speech, and either on purpose or simply due to firing most of Twitter's employees, content moderation is now basically non-existent. Unless, of course, you piss off Elon or one of his friends directly, and then suddenly it works great. Yeah, it's crazy. He got rid of the old verification system, so now the only people with blue check marks are just people who paid for them, which is a category of people that has a lot of crossover with the previous category of people, people the the ones who were previously banned for hate speech.、Mm-hmm. And it's funny they did do the thing where you could hide the blue check mark, but they didn't do they didn't switch off the ranking.、Mm-hmm. So now if you go to a really big tweet. You're you're like wow! Look at these responses, but with no blue check, huh? Very suspicious.、Uh, blue, the blue check mark is just、uh, that's just a tag. There is a blue check energy. Yeah, that wafts off of accounts that you you see it and you're like, yep. No, they got a blue check. They're hiding it. So there's just a lot more bigotry and right wing hysteria on Twitter, and a lot of it is being algorithmically boosted via the new verification system. People who previously visited Twitter to follow celebrities and keep up with the news have a harder time doing that because those accounts are mostly no longer verified, and instead their feeds are filled with bullshit from people literally paying money to force other people to listen to them. Unless you're into that bullshit, Twitter is going to be less appealing, and you're gonna maybe spend less time on it, or maybe spend more time on Blue Sky or Threads or Mastodon or doing literally anything else. Touching that grass. Meanwhile, advertisers aren't too fond of this bullshit either. They don't like being impersonated by anyone with eight dollars, and they don't like their ads showing up right below someone's race science manifesto. So yeah, they're gonna spend less money. So there you go. That's why Twitter's failing. It's、mm-hmm. it's really that simple. And I guess we should probably also point out that、uh, you know the name change to X that erases a bunch of brand recognition value in exchange for nothing in return. Also, just the fact that Elon is not a likable person. Uh, and X is very much the Elon app that's going to turn a lot of people off. Yeah, he made it even easier to connect him to the app in general. You you look at the icon and you're like, God damn it! Yeah. So there you go.、Uh, just fix all that stuff we just mentioned, and things will improve. Elon, there you go.、Uh, Load from previous checkpoint. <laughs> here's our here's our invoice for our consulting fee. It is、yeah. a bit steep, but you know it's、uh, you bought the company for forty four billion. So have a great day, Elon. We'll talk to you. Wait, what's that?、Hmm. You've got a different theory about why your attempt at running a social media company has been a complete disaster. <laughs> it's uh, it's whose fault? Yikes! Whose fault?、Yeah. Uh, okay. So he's just gonna blame the Jews, I guess. Yeah, he. It took him a little bit longer to get to that Kanye arc, but by God, he made it eventually. Ironically, that、uh, Kanye was one of the first unbanned and then got right away got in trouble for doing this exact thing. Yeah. Uh, so here you go. Quote to clear our platform's name on the matter of anti-Semitism. It looks like we have no choice but to file a defamation lawsuit against the Anti-Defamation League. Oh, the irony! To be super clear, I'm pro-free speech, but against anti-Semitism of any kind. Since the acquisition, the ADL has been trying to kill this platform by falsely accusing it and me of being anti-Semitic.
Our U.S. advertising revenue is still down 60%, primarily due to pressure on advertisers by ADL. That's what advertisers tell us. So they almost succeeded in killing X slash Twitter. They would potentially be on the hook for destroying half the value of the company, so roughly $22 billion. Based on what we've heard from advertisers, ADL seems to be responsible for most of our revenue loss. Giving them maximum benefit of the doubt, I don't see any scenario where they're responsible for less than 10% of the value destruction, so around $4 billion. Document discovery of all communications between the ADL and advertisers will tell the full story. Again, this is, I don't know if this is going to work out for him because all the ADL has to do is point at the website that is in full operation and uh, say, just look at it. Especially in the, just directly, just look at any of these statements and scroll down for about five seconds. It's so easy. So, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay then. Well. It would appear that Elon Musk has pivoted from picking a fight with Mark Zuckerberg that will never happen to threatening to sue an organization that tracks anti-Semitism and other forms of bigotry. And as with the Zuckerberg fight, we would really, really not suggest betting money on Elon actually taking the ADL to court. I mean, it could happen, but uh, the odds over here in our, in our booking operation, not great. Not great. Uh, it doesn't really seem like a case that he would win. And the discovery process would only further alienate all of Twitter's advertisers, who would also have to lawyer up. Yeah, and not only do I not like uh, advertising on a site where my promotional stuff will show up next to hate speech, uh, also, Elon is more than willing to just throw all private communications yeah. to the public at any point in time based on any petty grievances that he has. So yeah, that wouldn't help things. Also, the discovery process would involve an absolute mountain of Nazi tweets being entered into the public record, probably including much of the anti-Semitic content found in the replies to the very tweets that we just showed you. Mm -hmm. Yep, the reactions to Musk's post about the ADL did a great job at proving that the ADL is 100% correct about Twitter being rife with hateful content. Funny how that works. Uh, Here's Rolling Stone. Some of the ADL's most vicious bad faith critics took this opportunity to accuse the group, which Musk himself has criticized in the past, of stifling free speech. Among those who worked hardest to amplify hashtag ban the ADL were mixed martial artist Jake Shields, who has railed against the nonprofit on social media for the better part of a year, at times alleging that they push children to be gay and trans. <laughs> and Keith Woods, an Irish YouTuber with connections to prominent white supremacists, including Richard Spencer and Nick Fuentes. The campaign also found allies in failed Senate candidate Lauren Witzke, who has been known to push anti-Semitism. Andrew Torba, CEO of Gab, a web platform that caters to neo-Nazis, and Matthew Parrott, a co-founder of the Traditionalist Worker Party, a neo-Nazi group that helped to organize the deadly 2017 Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville, Virginia. At one point on Thursday, hashtag ban the ADL was the number one trending topic on X. The hashtag predictably opened the floodgates to posts featuring anti-Semitic caricatures, stereotypes, and conspiracy theories about how Jews have enslaved the rest of the world. 4chan trolls rejoiced at the trend, throwing around slurs and offensive memes while speculating that normies are waking up and arguing that other prominent conservatives should name the Jew or clearly and publicly express anti-Semitism. Wow. Can't believe all of these uh, replies happened uh, when Elon Musk decided to take on the ADL. On the platform that he is trying to defend as being nowhere near a cesspool of racist bigotry. Well, I mean, he didn't say anything about it not being that. He's just 
He's just mad about the ADL. Uh, when he replies, shit on him. When he replies to a blatantly racist tweet with just an exclamation point, that could mean anything. Yeah. I do love, uh, he's, like, you know, half the people that he, like, regularly replies to also, like, Ian Miles Chong. Yeah. He's, like, talking, like, he, Ian Miles Chong's in the replies talking about the ADL, and it's like, buddy, we have, like, chat logs of Ian Miles Chong from, like, 10 years ago where he is just, like... Praising Hitler. Yeah, praising Hitler, uh, talking about Jews, also, like, every, undeniable. Just blatant anti-Semitism. But, uh, you know, we're all looking for the guy who did this. It is... I mean, it, it's a perfect setup for the ADL. They don't even have to do anything. They just let, yeah. let it happen. And it is funny. Like, we I didn't mean, even have to dig for tweets. Look at the tweets, uh, like the replies to Elon stuff. And, and the like, hashtag. And, like, I, I mean, ADL is not a perfect organization. Um, far from it. In this case, though, they are 100% like correct. Mm-hmm. Because it's... It's a slam dunk. Yeah. Like, it's it's just, it's fucking there. Yes. There, <laughs> there are very few big companies yeah. that would like their ads running in the replies of Elon talking about yeah. this. Yes. And, like, it's it's not even, it's not complicated. You just, like, literally, like, go on Twitter once a day and search for, like, the K-word and see how many people have tweeted it that yeah. day. You're like, okay, a lot more than a year ago. Again, the most shocking thing I've seen is... When I've accidentally opened up their like TikTok video feature, like I'll watch a video and then accidentally try to get rid of it, but it goes to the next one. You go like five or six swipes, you're seeing like the most violent, disturbing content yeah. possible. It's it's a it's a shithole. Yes, it is. It's a shithole platform. Yeah. And it, it certainly is interesting hmm. and concerning. That when faced with claims that Twitter is a cesspool of unmoderated hate speech, Elon gets very, very angry at the people making the claims and not angry at all about the actual anti-Semitism on Twitter. Yeah, not even... (laughs) Yeah, never downplays that. Yeah, doesn't even really address it. And, like, I mean, you really can't take the stance of, like, well, it just doesn't exist because... It takes, like, it fucking five does, minutes yeah. to, like, stumble on it on accident. Like, Elon, the people making these claims, they aren't just making it up to, like, get you. They're not trying to own Elon. They they, they have receipts. The, and, I mean, do you really think, like, the government of Germany would be making such a big deal about this if it wasn't true? Like, would they be spending hours out of their day, like, money it, from their government budget to just, like, uh, make Elon feel bad by lying about him? And it's not even, like, I mean, whatever. It, but... What they're doing isn't even based on, like, an exact attack on Twitter. It's like, we are trying to stem the rising tide of anti-Semitism, which is allowed to fester and grow on your platform. So by looking at your platform and trying to get you to do something about it, we are trying to stifle the growth of it in general. Yeah. Because it has been accelerating at a very rapid, disturbing pace for the past couple of years. Yeah, and but he's Elon. He's an egomaniac, so of course he, he takes it very personally. Yeah, but he's the one allowing it to grow and spread yeah. on his platform. Well, no, he's allowing free speech to uh, bloom. Sure, I guess. <laughs> I mean, look, yeah, and and you, I guess you could maybe argue that like the ADL and everyone else are exaggerating the extent of the problem. Like, you could take that stance, but. Hey, speech is absolutely on the rise since you took over. That's undeniable. That mm-hmm. does not seem to bother you one bit either, which is fucking weird. It's 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 just strange. And even if nobody was keeping track of it, if there was no ADL or any of these other groups, it would still be obvious to the average user, to anyone, who definitely sees more hate on Twitter ever since you took over. It's obvious. Like, just one example. Uh, here's someone literally tweeting, 
fuck the Jews. And here's what happened when people reported it. Nothing. Was nothing it, happened. Wasn't it Leafy that tweeted that? Yeah. Real, real piece of shit, that Leafy. But a high follower account. A, a, a tweet that was seen by lots and lots of people. A tweet that would presumably get high priority in any flagging system worth a damn. And just like, nope, it's fine. Doesn't violate our rules. So, anyway, here's Mike Masnick of uh, Tech Dirt with another reason why this situation is totally stupid. If the ADL is convincing advertisers not to advertise on X Twitter, that's their free speech in the marketplace of ideas. And if that speech caused advertisers to bail, that means that Elon is losing in the marketplace of ideas. If you actually believe in free speech, you don't go sue over that. You respond with your own speech and do your best. Second, if businesses choose not to do business with you, that's their free association rights as well. You don't get to just sue some random third party for calling out your bullshit. Imagine what kind of world we'd live in if convincing companies not to do business with some other company was legally actionable. That would be ridiculous. In that world, Zuckerberg could sue Musk for making fun of threads and potentially driving away traffic. Or Substack could sue Musk for lying about Substack and trying to drive users away from that site. But that's not how any of this works. That is a good point. That is a good point. Mm -hmm. he's, he's equating defamation with just like talking shit makes makes me look bad it's not even talking shit it's they're they're he's, pointing he, out yeah. yeah but he talks the most shit of all yes by his own standards he's defaming people constantly yes he can dish it but he can't take it like every bully he is a the most traditional bully anyone's yeah. ever met the nerd becomes the bully yeah uh, it continues unless there's some secret hidden defamatory statement from the adl about twitter which i highly doubt the only thing that Musk and ex-Twitter can claim is that they disagree with the ADL's opinion that ex-Twitter has become a haven for hate and anti-Semitism. But that's a difference of opinion, and that's not defamatory. Furthermore, substantial truth is a defense to defamation as well, and the ADL can easily show tons of anti-Semitic tweets on the platform. Again, Musk's lawyers know this. I'm not sure Musk does, or if he's just being egged on by the absolute worst people who he's decided that he has to play up to. I'm sorry that Musk can't accept that he's losing in the marketplace of ideas, but it's pretty fucking hypocritical to claim you want your site to be the main venue for the marketplace of ideas, and then sue those who bested you in that marketplace. I mean, that goes back to the original, not even theory, it, it's pretty clear that uh, he started getting positive reinforcement from the worst people in the world at a high rate yeah. and decided to lean into that to catastrophic results. And also, based on clips of that new book, the like beginning of all this allegedly is uh, one of his daughters coming out as trans. Yeah, his yeah. I, I read that excerpt, and uh, yeah, very... Uh... And it's it, it's annoying because it's clearly it was Walter Isaacson the biographer, but he's clearly writing this entirely from Elon Musk's perspective. Mm -hmm. And you read it, and you're like, "This is there's absolutely no fucking way that this is how it went down." It's like, "Oh, she became a, a Marxist by yeah, going yeah, by is, going to this left wing uh, high school in Los Angeles." It's like, like no, mm, mm. you're just very angry. Yeah, and you're the one that's pushing everything. And he's like, I've, "I've tried to be so nice. I've I've given every overture." It's like. Mm. No, your public personality and uh, the things yeah. that would, would would counter against. Yeah, that. I don't. I mean, maybe you have tried to be super nice to your trans daughter, but I think uh, having your dad be like one of the most famous people on earth who openly and unapologetically uh, is against your existence that probably outweighs any nice overtures 
you make to try to mend fences. Yeah. Come so, on. All of that is the latest Twitter bullshit, but there is still more Elon bullshit to get to. Recently, we talked about the Tesla Cybertruck and how there are serious doubts in the automotive community about whether, even after four years of development, it's a viable product. And the clock is ticking. After multiple delays, the Cybertruck is supposed to be finally coming out very soon. And yet, the only thing anyone really knows about it is what it looks like. And it looks like shit. It sure does. Here's Insider. After years of delays, Elon Musk's futuristic-looking Cybertruck is supposedly weeks away from hitting buyers' driveways. Doubt. Whether it will have been worth the wait for Tesla's patient fans is anybody's guess. On an earnings call in April, Musk said he hoped to hand over the first customer trucks at an event in late September. But as invites for the yet-to-be-scheduled delivery party go out, people who plunked down $100 deposits to reserve Cybertrucks over the years remain in the dark about their dream car's most basic details. How far it will drive on a full charge how much horsepower it'll produce, and even how much it'll cost. And remember, this isn't an ordinary launch. It's Tesla's first foray into the most lucrative and fiercely competitive vehicle segment in the U.S., so the stakes are high. It continues, When Tesla unveiled its trapezoidal truck during a splashy event in late 2019, it advertised an entry price of $39,900 and two higher performance models costing $49,900 and $59,900. Cybertrucks would have between one and three motors, 250 to 500 miles of range, and zero to 60 mile per hour times, ranging from 2.9 seconds to 6.5 seconds. Then, in late 2021, most of those figures, including all information on pricing, vanished from Tesla's website. Hmm. Apart from the few remaining details listed and the occasional cryptic tweet from Musk, there isn't much information to tell Cybertruck buyers what they're getting into. Tesla can't just waltz into the cutthroat U.S. pickup market with any old truck and expect to easily steal market share from stalwart brands like Ford, Chevrolet, Ram, and Toyota, which engage in constant one-upmanship on everything from towing capacity to tailgate configuration. Quote, They have dedicated buyers who will be very unlikely to switch brands, let alone try a brand new player in the field with an electric vehicle that doesn't look like any other pickup truck on the planet, said Sam Fiorani, vice president of global vehicle forecasting at Auto Forecast Solutions. Without pricing or any other details to go on for the Cybertruck, getting beat by a Rivian or F-150 Lightning delivery could be all it takes to edge out the Tesla truck for someone with multiple orders. However, the Cybertruck just looks plain weird. That makes it even more important to give loyal truck buyers some details to work with. Quote, if you're looking to convert average pickup truck buyers to something different, that's a little harder, Fiorani said. Yeah, it's why the Rivian looks like a truck. Yeah, and it looks like a cool truck. Has the Cybertruck passed any of the safety regulations tests? I feel like there no. would be... No! I, I feel like we would know about that. As soon as it does, I feel like the videos would be released of, like, the crunch zones and uh, the dummies inside. Yeah, I, I don't think that's happened yet. And also, like, every video that exists of this thing actually driving in the real world, like, there was one... Might have been multiple ones. Like, even just, like, getting over, like, a curb, like, it gets fucking stuck. It yeah. can't... It, it is not a truck. It's a... It's, it's the doodle of a man who's lost his mind. Yeah, it's a fucking toy, but, like, it doesn't do truck things, which, like, I guess is fine. Like, most Americans who have trucks don't do truck things. But, like, yeah. it's still just... The only people buying this are, like, the Elon Musk uh, suicide cult, essentially. Yeah, they're, they're uh, doomsday preppers who love Elon Musk. Yeah. So, like, if I see a Cybertruck, I want to be as far away 
from that type of person as possible. Which, like, an electric truck in an actual doomsday scenario would uh, not be ideal. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know which would be worse, gas or electric. I guess at some point you could, like, carry around a complete deployment of solar panels, Yeah, I guess. You get a gas generator and you yeah, use that yeah. to charge your Cybertruck. Um, I'm just saying, I wouldn't be surprised if the first couple of Cybertrucks have that Blue Lives Matter sticker on them. Yeah. And a, and a blue check mark. Also got the ones... The, more and more photos keep coming out of these things like being shipped and like it looks... Held together with literal duct yeah, tape. Yeah, literally held and, together with tape. Um, and also just like stainless steel is not a material that is often used for things because it, weird shit happens to it. Like mm-hmm. it gets stretched out in the sun. So like, you know, metal has like a certain sheen to it. Like it just like the panels don't match because yeah. they're just slightly warped. And it, it just, it's filthy, too. This thing is it never going to look clean. Yeah. But look, I guess in a few short weeks, time is ticking. I'm, I'm actually excited. Yeah, for this. this is going to be great. Uh, yeah, everyone's questions will be answered. Looking at that $40,000 price point. <laughs> just, okay, oh, I'm sure that's, yeah, it's going to be so cheap, so affordable. I, I, <laughs> look, I don't know what actually happens. I'm ignorant to how this works, but... At some point, people are going to be like, oh, uh, this is, the Cybertruck's available. I should probably get my deposit back because I don't really want one. I was all hyped up at the time. And also, uh, Elon Musk has destroyed my image of him in the past mm-hmm. couple of years. Since 2019, a lot's happened. So how, what, what happens when, you know, tens of thousands of people all want their $100 back? This fucking thing was literally announced before coronavirus. Yeah. Well, that's why it's not working. It's the supply chain, you know, coronavirus. By the way, update for that. Uh, the city of New York called bullshit on that. Yeah. And it was like a permitting issue and yeah. a bunch of other stuff. It had nothing to do with the supply chain. You you can't claim supply chain issues when you're in like the biggest port city in the yeah. If you missed hemisphere. the other episode, like there was a music festival in New York that just didn't open because the stage wasn't done, and they tried to blame. Uh, the supply chain, and yeah. so now the New York, the city of New York, is like filing an investigation. Yeah. Uh, anyways, this is all all the Cybertruck stuff and the the anticipation of the first customers getting their hands on it. Yeah. Is yeah is assuming entirely that it's actually ready by the end of September. I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe w- would you like you know well the Cybertruck's not ready yet, but we can get you the ATV. Yeah, this one, in terms of our bookmaking uh, odds, I'm going to give this one a, a 50-50 because I can see it I can see it actually releasing at the end of September, but whoever's dumb enough to actually pick up those early uh, models, yeah. like, they're going to pop that hood and find shit, like, taped together. Oh, like, well, it's are not going to find anything under the hood. It's got the frunk. Well, right, but they're, that, that car is going to be a real freak inside. It's, it's, it's not, it's going to be done. In like the oh, same yeah. way, no, like it'll you're... be it, the, the Cybertrucks will have been shipped, and it'll be like a hundred of them. Yeah, and it's like oh, we're doing the first. Wave they're all gonna them. get recalled within like weeks when it comes out that uh, they're they've all got like popsicle sticks <laughs> in the on the, yeah. the motor or whatever. Yeah. But uh, anyways, we'll yeah. see. But in the meantime, Tesla has other problems. Like, remember a few months back when it came out that Tesla's board was investigating whether Elon was using millions of dollars in company money to build a literal glass house? It's one of those things that you forget because it's, like, so low on the weirdness totem pole of uh, so it was like two Elon's months thing. ago, too. Yeah, just, like, he's literally doing the villain from Glass Onion, mm-hmm. but in real he's life. He's building a real-life Glass Onion. 
So yeah, now the government is also curious about that glass house because siphoning that kind of money from a publicly traded company for a very expensive personal project has potential legal ramifications. <laughs> Generally frowned upon, yes. Yeah. Here's the Wall Street Journal. Manhattan federal prosecutors are investigating Tesla's use of company funds on a secret project that had been described internally as a house for chief executive Elon Musk, people familiar with the matter said. The U.S. Attorney's Office for the Southern District of New York has sought information about personal benefits paid to Musk, how much Tesla spent on the project, which called for a spacious glass structure to be built in the Austin, Texas area, and what it was for, the people said. The Wall Street Journal was the first to report in July that Tesla board members had investigated whether company resources were misused on the secret effort, known internally as Project 42, DORK, <laughs> and whether Musk was personally involved. The outcome of Tesla's internal investigation couldn't be learned. The Securities and Exchange Commission has also opened a civil investigation into Project 42 and is seeking similar information from the company, one of the people said. Uh, 42, it's, uh, it's from the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It's, uh, it's the funniest book ever. It's, uh, it's the answer to the meaning of uh, life. Yeah, also it's very, Shut the it's fuck very up. cool. No one's going to know what we're doing because it has a, co a code name. Not even the government will know. Uh, I I bet you that one of the entire reasons that he was building this is just so that anytime he had someone over, he could be like, "No, don't throw stones," because I mean, he did the, he the let sink. that sink in kind of thing. So yeah, th this is like right up his alley. Yeah, he's got like uh, you know, book fair joke book level humor. So sounds about right. And please don't make fun of the tissue boxes on my feet. It's just how I walk around the house. Uh, anyways, we have more non-Elon news coming up in the second half. But first, we got to let you know that this episode is sponsored by Masterclass. So I'm currently in the midst of a never-ending quest to transform my backyard into something that isn't a gigantic eyesore. And until recently, I knew almost nothing about how plants work. But thanks to Ron Finley's gardening class on Masterclass, I've learned a lot about how to make plants grow and keep them alive. Most importantly, how to do it without spending a ton of money or using up too much of California's precious water. That's important. Did you know that there's like 10 different types of dirt? Wow. Anyway, that's just one of the many things you can learn to do with Masterclass. Learn from the best to become your best, anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. There are over 180 classes to pick from. Everything from game design and theory with industry legend Will Wright to personal style for everyone with Queer Eyes Tan France, with new classes added every month. Some exciting instructors include Gordon Ramsay, Steve Martin, Dead Mouse, Neil deGrasse Tyson, Martin Scorsese, Samuel L. Jackson, and many more. Annual memberships start at just $10 a month, and you get unlimited access to every instructor, thousands of online lessons, exclusive content, insights, and much more. Even as just a consumer, getting a better sense of what goes into something you enjoy is very rewarding, like learning the techniques and skills that go into award-winning documentary filmmaking from Ken Burns. Find practical takeaways that you can apply to your life and at work. If you run a business, you can use Masterclass to help your team. Whether you want to become a better chef, advance your career, land a book deal, or anything else, Masterclass has you covered. Gain new skills in as little as 10 minutes, either on your phone, computer, tablet, smart TV, or our preferred method, audio mode, the listen-on-the-go mode. Mm -hmm. So you do it when you're doing your laundry, dishes, going on a walk, whatever. Mm -hmm. Multitask. How much would it cost to take one-on-one -on -one classes from the world's best, you ask? Well, with a Masterclass annual membership, it would cost you only $10 a month. Get unlimited access to every class. And right now, as a Tech Newsday viewer, you can get 15% off when you go to masterclass.com newsday. That's masterclass.com newsday for 15% off an annual membership. masterclass.com 
slash Newsday. Okay, so now for the non-Musk news. And if you're annoyed that we put Elon in the thumbnail so often, it's because videos with Elon in the thumbnail get views. They just do we have no one to blame but your damn self we we uh we have the insight we have the back uh the youtube studio to look at and it is undeniable plus the man creates the news he He is constantly stepping on rakes and smashing his own teeth out and making everything worse every single time so it's easy to report on yeah but uh yeah it's it's youtube 101 you need a thumbnail that people are gonna want to click on and for some reason, people really like clicking on thumbnails with Elon's face on them. Which brings us to some news that on the surface is just about Mr. Beast and a new YouTube feature that he's been using, but which actually has massive implications for all content creation. Folks, it may be the end of the line for the soy face. Oh, if you're not terminally up to date on internet lingo, you might finally stop seeing so many dudes with their mouths wide open and a look of surprise and excitement on their face. It's been a YouTube staple for years. YouTube and uh, all mobile games. Yes. Every Clash of Clans. Well, they learned from the best, the YouTube uh, creators. They did. Yeah. Here's The Verge. The faces on YouTube thumbnails might start to look a bit different. A lot of thumbnails feature a person with an open mouth in shock, awe, excitement, or horror because of a belief that the open mouth face entices people to click on a video. But Mr. Beast, the individual with the most subscribers on YouTube, said Wednesday that he's starting to see longer watch times on videos where his thumbnail face has a closed mouth instead of an open one. Mm. You can see his results for yourself thanks to some screenshots he shared on X, formerly Twitter, of what appears to be YouTube's creator dashboard. The screenshots don't include numbers about differences in watch time, and that metric doesn't necessarily translate to more views, but they all show that the thumbnails where Mr. Beast has a closed mouth are a winner over the one where he has an open one. Generally, in the closed mouth thumbnails, Mr. Beast is smiling. And it's, yeah, it's this new feature. I, I don't know if it might be early access, but you can upload two thumbnails. I don't know if they opened it up fully yet, but yeah. Yeah, you, you upload two thumbnails and YouTube will tell you which one uh, got more people to click on it. And it'll just like assign one or the other randomly to people who are browsing. Look, for me, I mean, just look at the last video's thumbnail. I sit there like an artist at an easel. Yeah. I paint masterpieces. Mm-hmm. I don't need, not that I don't need an A-B comparison, but I'm happy with the final product. Yeah, same. I would never use this feature because um, I'm that confident in my work. Yeah, I put too much intention into what I'm doing. When I have, uh, 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 what's his name from Mad Max, uh, Nicholas Holt's character? Yeah. I can't remember his, his actual character Knuckles. Name. Yeah, Nux. Nux. Uh, and uh, instead of Mad Max over his shoulder, it's Diplo. That's just art, baby. Yeah. That's, that's all it is. Uh, so yeah, if this is true for Mr. Beast, the biggest YouTuber on earth, you can absolutely bet the rest of YouTube will follow. It's closing time for mouths. <laughs> Close those mouths. Closing time. Shut your fucking mouth. Yeah. Side note, we're almost 100% convinced that all of Mr. Beast's new thumbnails involve the use of AI. And pretty much every picture of Mr. Beast in public smiling, he's got that Ted Cruz problem of his mouth not actually forming a smile, but rather a grimace. It's very pained. Yeah. The corners of the mouth, they go out, not up. So it's kind of funny that the new thumbnail meta Mr. Beast kicked off involves a facial expression that he can't physically make. (laughs) Anyways, RIP to open mouth thumbnails. You had a very annoying run. Yeah, and I I have a a theory behind this that like, you know, five years ago, maybe more, the open mouth thumbnail 
actually did. Uh, it does naturally, psychologically uh, attract... This person's about, so it, excited about something. Yeah, it, it attracts your attention. But when you see that face everywhere, yeah. it loses its impact, and especially on small children who, for them, uh, they've been around a lot less time. That na- for them, that's now just the normal mouth. That's yes. a default face. Mm-hmm. So... And they never see anyone. That's why every kid now is a mouth breather. Yeah. Uh, They're just all in elementary school going, Hey, did you get the D's nuts bar? I got my feast of bars. Is that what children sound like? <laughs> that's what they sound like. Wow. I don't know. I haven't been around any kids for a long time, and I'm pretty sure that's how I remember them sounding. That's crazy. What are they putting in their fucking water? Uh, feastables. It's all... They, oh, they're that, drinking prime energy. Yeah, drink. prime energy. What's it doing to these kids? Oh, my God. Yeah, it's no longer a pack of Marlboros every morning to get the uh, blood pumping for no. kids. They're just downing a bunch of D's Nuts fest, uh, festivals and prime energy drinks. And, and Mr. Beat's chocolate. And they're just, they're always sick because they're just Chewing breathing it straight open. in. Yeah. Yeah. They always look like the thumbnails. Now, what someone's going to do, though, unfortunately, they're going to prove this thing wrong. And they're going to have a thumbnail without, with and without tits in it. And they're going to be like, well, look who clicked on more. I mean, it's always going to be the tits. The problem is that YouTube has, like, YouTube has, like, a dedicated, like, probably closet-sized, <laughs> like, uh, robot that has been around for years that... Uh, can just like identify a set of tits like in a crowd of thousands and you will get demonetized if you put See, a little too much tit in your in, I'm going to get the conspiracy brain working here. YouTube is upset about the Wojak face and so their algorithm is like closed mouth. Let's algorithmically boost this to more people because uh, we can control the trend based on how many pe- the views the video is getting. I mean, yeah, the yeah. Yeah. But regardless. They're going to be like, oh, this this YouTuber, what, the thumbnail with big gigantic uh, milkers in it didn't get any views. But the one with the shirt buttoned all the way up to the neck, people loved it. People love modesty. <laughs> yeah. They love modesty and smiling. And they hate titties and yelling. That's right. And that it's just a big shift that no one saw coming. Mm. Yeah. Anyways, moving on now to some AI news. But thankfully not any news that's like actually about AI. It's just AI related. And an interesting look at an aspect of the internet that's not usually thought about much. It just you just take it for granted. Websites with a .ai domain have been massively on the rise over the past couple of years for obvious reasons, and it's it's only natural to assume that the AI in .ai stands for artificial intelligence, mm. but it does not. It stands for Anguilla. <laughs> What's Anguilla, you ask? Or they might call it Anguilla. That's what I call it. Anguilla. Anguilla. Well, here's Ars Technica. Anguilla. <laughs> Anguilla, a tiny British island territory in the Caribbean, may bring in up to $30 million in revenue this year thanks to its .ai domain name, reports Bloomberg in a piece published Thursday. Over the past year, skyrocketing interest in AI has made the country's .ai top-level domain particularly attractive to tech companies. The revenue is a boon for Anguilla's economy, which primarily relies on tourism and has been impacted by the pandemic. $30 million from domains may not sound like a lot compared to the billions thrown around in AI these days, but with a total land area of 35 square miles and a population of 15,753, Anguilla ain't complaining. (laughs) Registrars like GoDaddy must pay Anguilla a fixed price, $140 for a two-year registration, and the prices are rising due to demand. Uh, the British government is like, damn, we bet good on that. Hell yeah. Hey, give me that money. 
Hey, you know who we haven't heard, of, heard from or called in a while? Anguilla. Anguilla. <laughs> we should probably ring them up. They uh, seem to be uh, flush with cash. I just love the idea of like, it's like the mid 90s, some representative from like the World Wide Web Association is like, going to this tiny island be like, hey, I'm just here. I'll be real quick. But like, uh, we were thinking, mm, I don't know. We're giving everyone these domains. Like, what's the domain? <sighs> just, 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 just the, the letters AI. Do you have a problem with that? No. Whatever. What's the internet? What the fuck is the internet? Get out of here. Yeah. And now they're rolling in. They should buy right. themselves back from the British. They should. Or just tell them that they can't. <laughs> just I mean, get out. I, with, with a lot of island territories, it's in a lot of ways better to remain mm -hmm. in the colonial uh, I just hope yoke. the money goes to good use. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm happy for him. Uh, but the, the reporting continues. Bloomberg says that Anguilla brought, <laughs> brought in a mere $7.4 million from the .ai domain registrations in 2021. But all that changed with the release of OpenAI's ChatGPT last year. Its release spawned a huge wave of AI hype, fear, and investment. Vince Kate, who has managed the AI domain for Anguilla for decades, told Bloomberg that .ai registrations have effectively doubled in the past year. Since November 30th, things are very different here, he said. Anguilla has been in charge of assigning web addresses with the .ai domain since 1995. Countries first received their own top-level domain names, CCTLDs, or country code top-level domains, in 1985, including domains like .us, United States, .uk, United Kingdom, and .de, Germany. These CCTLDs were originally intended to give nations a distinct presence on the internet and were often used primarily for websites that focused on those particular countries or its residents. Over time, some CCTLDs, like .tv for Tuvalu, <laughs> uh, have taken on additional meanings and broader uses, particularly when their abbreviations coincidentally stand for something else, like AI for artificial intelligence in this case. As a result, high-profile AI startups such as Stability.ai and Character.ai have opted for web addresses ending in .ai, contributing significantly to the island's unexpected revenue stream. I did not know that .tv was for a place called Tuvalu. No. This is I, wild. I thought it was television. Yeah, I thought they they're like, you know, you know who needs a top-level domain? Television. I love television. No. Some yeah. place called Tuvalu. Yeah, well, uh, not exactly the same, but uh, somewhat similar story. The country of Denmark is now flush with cash because of Americans' obsession with Ozempic. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They're, to the point where they're like, uh, we have a budget surplus and we are making money hand over fist. Yeah, they're, they're, they're a big pharma company. They're uh, making bank off of Americans. Uh, the one pharma fat. company is changing like the, G, uh, the GDP for the entire country. Yeah. And it's all because of fat Americans trying to take a shortcut. We can never make that kind of money here in our own country where, uh, the you know, the health care market is actually regulated. But yeah. over in the U.S., these little piggies, we're making so much money <laughs> off of them. Piggies is the right word. <laughs> uh, well, always happy to contribute to the success of everyone else. Yeah. I mean, yeah, couldn't happen to a nicer country. <laughs> so, yeah, that's great news for Anguilla. Anguilla. Yeah. Who, who knew that a two-letter website domain that was assigned 30 years ago would end up being so valuable? Mm. But here's some bad news for Anguilla and also everyone else on the planet Earth, but especially places like Anguilla. Uh, the, the summer season that we are currently in has been the hottest summer ever recorded. Yeah. Ever. Shocking, I know. Here's Gizmodo. 
Sky-high temperatures and brutal heat waves have scorched the planet these past three months, creating the hottest northern hemisphere summer on record, the UN's World Meteorological Organization and European Climate Service Copernicus announced today. This news comes after meteorologists recorded the hottest day ever during July. The following month was not far behind. It was the hottest August on record, by a large margin, and the second hottest ever month after July 2023, according to the Copernicus Climate Change Service ERA-5 dataset, the WHO's press release explained. August was found to be about 1.5 degrees Celsius warmer than it was in pre-industrial years. 1.5, where have I heard that number before? Yeah, yeah. One of those, one of those uh, goalposts that keeps getting moved. Hey, it's fine. August was only the second hottest month ever recorded. What? Well, what was the first one? Oh, the month right before it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Also, we in July, there was a day that was the hottest day ever, and then the next day, the record broke again. They, they need to start... Well, and we also had... Uh, Phoenix had a streak of the hottest days ever recorded yeah, there. Like, they, all these climate records, uh, if they had a trophy, it would be the Stanley Cup. Just new ones got a <laughs> got bunch of new name on yeah, it got the cups got to get bigger sorry this is great news for the blue collar workers in the HVAC community though yeah well cuz of air conditioning yeah yeah just uh never going to not be work for them in the near future air conditioning which ironically uh, pumps even more heat into the, the atmosphere these americans are putting my kid through college very expensive unaffordable college yeah uh anyway sorry to end things on a negative note but uh yeah, that's bad. that's bad. It's not great. It's also news that we'll probably be hearing next year, and right alongside the another hurricane hitting uh, Los Angeles. Worst hurricane ever. Yeah, so far. This summer is just the hottest summer on record so far. It would be great if people running things on this planet would actually do something about this, considering we know exactly what's causing it and exactly what needs to be done about it. Uh, but but gonna... no, instead they're picking fights with the ADL. Yeah. <laughs> and. Uh... You know, yeah, just generally not. like Every year of inaction is another year of reversal yeah. that doesn't happen. I mean, as as an individual, you you can, of course, make some choices in your everyday life, but uh, it's it's not going to do a whole lot. I mean, you still should, but it, it's... Uh, the, the, if the change that needs to happen is not in your hands. The longer you walk into the quicksand, the longer you're going to have to walk out. So you might as well turn around now yeah. so, or turn around 10 years ago. So, yeah, I mean, it, it sucks. So what can you do? Just, you know, sit and enjoy your stories. And on that note, completely unrelated, watched a great movie this week called How to Blow Up a Pipeline. Oh, it's yeah. completely unrelated news, but highly recommend it. It has nothing to do with what we were just talking about a yeah. moment ago and any possible solutions to that. Mm -hmm. But great movie nonetheless. Yeah. And uh, I, I very much enjoyed it, and I want more people to see it. So uh, it's I think it's on Hulu. Yeah, it's there good. You go. All right, if you haven't, uh, if you want something else to watch, we have videos popping up in just a second, but make sure you've liked the video. Liking the visit, the video doesn't mean you like climate change. It just means you want to support the channel and help Or us that grow. you like the thumbnail. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. You can like the video. It's fine. All right. Here, wait. Let's try this two ways. Hey, like the video. Or, hey, like the video. Let's see, see which one of those works. Yeah. All right, subscribe to the channel too. We'll see you soon for some news dump. But in the meantime, uh, watch our videos over here. Bye. Bye-bye.